It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you gotta repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine, Monday through Friday. We are here for you. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, thanks for taking us along for the ride. We are here after the Celtics-Lakers 107-96 win, which we will take despite it being one of the uglier games you're going to see. But... Celtics win. They hold a team under 100 points again, which is nice. They score 107, which is nice. And, you know, no one else really got seriously hurt, which is good. And, uh, yeah. So why don't we uh, go over to my post-game partner tonight, Sam Packard, who is at the Garden. And uh, from your seat, did it look as ugly as it did from mine? Uh, yeah, the everything after the first quarter was not great. I mean, it was an amazing first quarter. Kyrie Irving was doing some crazy things, and then after that, it was just um, ugly, ugly basketball, and the Celtics looked like a team that was missing uh, Al Horford and uh, Jason Tatum, who left the game with some right ankle soreness. But uh, after that, the Celtics really struggled to generate offense. The bad offense led to kind of even worse transition defense, and they were just lucky that the Lakers all stink. <laughs> the Lakers just do not have a lot of good players, and for some reason, um, they didn't decide to play the players who were who were like playing good basketball. I thought Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson had some nice moments in this game, but for some reason, they did not get a lot of minutes. Instead, we saw a lot of uh, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, a lot of Contavious Caldwell Pope, which is never good if you're a Lakers fan. Uh, so the Celtics really kind of lucked out in the fact that the Lakers were so inept and so unable to take advantage of all the Celtics mistakes, all of the Celtics missed shots. Um, the Celtics just generally poor defense. And then in the fourth quarter, you, like Kyrie came back into the game. He, there was, we thought he was hurt for a little bit. We saw some people like working on his knee. He came back in the game, scored a quick four points. And pretty much after that, the game was, uh, decided, but you're right. An, an ugly game, um, and it's fitting that the best player in this game of such an ugly game was Aaron Baines. Yeah. He was just, <laughs> it's like the perfect, just like blue collar, like dirt dog game. And he was a fantastic night. The Lakers, for some reason, just kept on going small. Or if they were big, they would switch pretty much one through five. And it felt like the Celtics and Baines specifically had an advantage down low the entire night, both on um, offense and defense. So, um, you know what? Sometimes you need Aaron Baines to step up and win you a game. Uh, and that's just how good things uh, the Celtics are, are going right now. Ten in a row, even when they play terribly, even when they lose, they don't have two of their better players. They still pull out a win. Yeah, and for all of the ugliness, 
after the Celtics took a lead in the first couple of seconds of the game, the only lead the Lakers had was 2 two nothing, And then despite everything kind of falling apart and, and things kind of needing to uh, – th- them needing to kind of get some heroics and, and them looking sloppy, they never gave up the lead. So that's important. Again, Celtics, no Horford, no Tatum after nine minutes of play. Uh, he played nine minutes in this game and scored five points, and that's it. He So he didn't do much in this game, didn't play much, and he, he hurt his ankle. And then, so you don't have him. And there are long stretches without Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so that's not going to be an easy team to, to watch, to, to not have all of your big players. Look, no, no Hayward, obviously. No Horford. No Kyrie on the floor. Tatum off the floor. Those are your four best players. <laughs> you know, Jalen Brown having an off night shooting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just a good thing the Lakers are terrible because they they could have and should have come back and taken a lead, especially in that third quarter. There was a stretch there in the third and early in the fourth where it was just horrible to watch. But let's go, let's go down the Celtics. Aaron Baines was really, really damn good. And he was out there just chucking people on picks and hitting little hooks in the lane and doing his little thing. And to go to the Rain and Jays hashtag and our good friend, Micah Malloy, who says, put Aaron Baines on that damn boat. He's not the only one who tweeted that. Many people, many people are saying that Aaron Baines deserves a uh, spot on his own boat. And I would agree. I like I tweeted halfway through the game. He's a captain of the boat now. He was he was dominant and it was awesome and he was angry and you're damn right he belongs on that boat. After this performance, he's driving the boat, at least for the week. When we when we when we get that boat going again for the Monday show next week, I have a good feeling about this. I don't know how after the past couple of games, I don't know how bad Aaron Baines would have to be against Charlotte and Toronto to not be on the boat. Like he'd ha- he'd have to hurt one of the Celtics with reckless play for him to be <laughs> off the boat at this point. That's basically it. It would have to be some catastrophic event. So I feel good about Baines. Yeah, uh, Courtney Carter, all caps. Baines is officially on the houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that the boat thing has caught on. Uh, good for you. Good on you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marcus Morris for a stretch was was carrying the team. He had 18 points. He shot 7 of 15, 3 of 6 from 3. A a good Marcus Morris game and a good indication of, I think this is the type of game that you can expect moving forward. Maybe not hitting half his threes, but hitting a, hitting at least maybe you know a couple of threes, going out there, uh, just bodying people up and and creating shots when you need somebody to create shots. There was a stretch and you tweeted it out that maybe Mook isolations would be the, the way to go for the Celtics. He came in and kind of solidified, calmed things down in the fourth quarter. I, I tweeted that out after he hit like a, a nice baseline jumper. And then the next possession, he the another ISO for him. And he found uh, Marcus Smart for a wide open three. 
And then after that, he like bricked his next two isolation yeah. uh, sessions. So it didn't work out uh, great. But I think he he was solid tonight in just terms of the offense that the Celtics needed after that first quarter. It was all Kyrie in the first. And then they need someone else to step up. And he did his job. He made shots. He made um, just the right play. I thought he was another person who kind of abused the Celtics in the post. There were some times where... Uh, again, due to this Lakers like odd switching on everything, he found himself on Jordan Clarkson, uh, pretty much in the restricted area, and he did exactly what he needed to do to just punish him. Um, so I thought it was a solid game from him, just in terms of uh, points scored. I it wasn't amazing on the on the boards or anything like that, but you know what? You needed someone else to step up and score that many points. You know, after your two primary guys, Baines and Irving, like we all thought it would be. Uh, and then I thought uh, Tito Rozier had a. a Pretty good game, 14 off the bench, eight rebounds. That reminds me. Okay, just in the fourth quarter, the thing that really kept the Celtics in this game was the fact that Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier refused to let the Lakers get an offense or a defensive rebound. They were just swarming the basketball um, basically for that entire quarter, creating so many second chance points and well, second chance opportunities. The Celtics continued to miss a bunch of shots, creating more rebound opportunities for Rozier and Smart, but. I thought like they continually impress as rebounding guards, and I thought that their intensity, their effort off the bench was a huge reason why the Celtics were never really fully gave up that lead. Just um, and at any opportunity I can get to tweet the Terry Rozier, Daryl Strawberry jumping gif, I'm going to take it. And tonight he was just rebounding the shit out of the ball. Him and Marcus Smart combined for. Um, I'm surprised Marcus only had four rebounds right now. Just looking at it, but. I just thought they were dominant, all just uh, basically over every 50-50 ball and just all over the glass, especially late. And they're one of the big reasons why why the Celtics stayed in this game. Yeah, I mean the way though, <laughs> I I will say quality use of that gif, the the uh, Daryl Strawberry Homer at the bat. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. One of my favorite all time Simpsons moments too. Which you, I play right field. <laughs> are you better than me i don't know you but yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> that that's just one of the all-time greats uh so yeah tito definitely going out not a great shooting night but he hit two of five from three which is great but he made a finger roll he made another fancy layup or, uh, earlier he missed like seven fancy layups but he did make two of them so he, he deserves credit for that there, there's that there's that Celtics shot just about 39 percent in this game uh to look at the some of the negative, okay, so Semi Ojale just all of a sudden forgot how to shoot tonight. I, I, he was he seemed to be rushing his shot when he's like calm and set. He he can hit threes. He's a three and D guy. Tonight, uh, man, he missed he missed a corner three by about two feet long. Uh, that was that was not great. And Jalen Brown, not a great shooting night again. And a couple of turnovers. He does not look comfortable dribbling the ball, and he's going to need to work on that. But Jalen's shooting has has been pretty uh, concerning. Is it is it concerning yet? Uh, what's maybe concerning is too strong. But it, I feel like he's such a, a rhythm guy that if he doesn't get like three or four layups or three or four. Um, just trips to the free throw line early in the game. He just doesn't play like the rest of the game with confidence. And tonight we just didn't see him like normally uh, or earlier in the season, we've seen him just really attack the, the rim with like kind of reckless abandon. 
Tonight we didn't really see that, and I feel like his jump shot suffers after that happens. It, but it's weird. Like I'm looking at his stats right now through 12 games. He's shooting just about 45% from the field, which is not horrible. Shooting 38% from three, which is an improvement over last year and above average. And, I mean, his free throw percentage is terrible, but it, I, I don't know. I guess I guess he. it feels like he's just not been shooting great. And, again, I'll just say that he just needs to finish better at the rim. He gets opportunities at the rim, and he misses. So, But a tough night tonight. But I guess overall it, it, it feels worse than it really, really is. And he had 11 rebounds. So in a classic sense of, when a guy's having a tough shooting night, you got to go do other things. He had 11 rebounds, so and he had a couple of assists. People get on Jalen's ass for not passing. Well, you know, two assists. There's two more than he usually gets. So there's that. Uh, on the other side, uh, Brandon Ingram is a pretty good basketball player. I think he he's going to be <laughs> he, he's good for their long term success. Somebody they can get excited about. Uh, I got. I had a tweet where after the first quarter, I tweeted at the plus minus for Jalen Brown and uh, Brandon Ingram. It was plus seventeen for Brown and minus seventeen for Ingram, and that got the Lakers and the Ingram hive all up in my mentions, which was entertaining. <laughs> um, but uh, if anyone does the follow through, which I doubt any of them do, yeah, Brandon Ingram was impressive. He's a long, a lanky dude, and he can. There were some many moments where I was like, oh wow, ooh. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram, get into the basket with ease right there. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be a pretty uh, solid player. But other than him and Julius Randle, who had six and 16 and 12 in only 21 minutes, um, and Jordan Clarkson, uh, I don't really think the rest of the the Lakers did really anything to impress me. This, uh, this Kuzma character that everyone's talking about, I like to call him Cosmo. Um, <laughs> he didn't do – like he wasn't very good tonight. He was 10 points, 4 of 10. Uh, Lonzo certainly did nothing that was uh, too impressive tonight. He, he, no. I saw people tweeting about how he competes really hard. Well, yeah, that, that's good. He's an NBA player. You would hope you did that. <laughs> and Contavious Caldwell Pope is like, is it the rule that if he's the highest paid player on the team, he has to get the most minutes? Like, it just made no sense for why he was in the game. There's so many Contavious Caldwell Pope just pull up jumpers in transition that killed any chance of momentum the Lakers thought or would have had. They just signed the guy. They have to play him. You know, they they. This is his new thing. Like the he's their big get or one of their gets. You got to play him. I I guess so. It well don't don't get him if you have to play him because it's just not <laughs> worth it. You have better players on the bench. I mean, looking looking at him so far, you see exactly why Detroit decided to go with go in a different direction and not pay him, and they, they ended up getting Avery Bradley, and that's a much better fit for them. Uh, now you're starting to see what they were seeing. So, yeah, not impressive. Lonzo Ball almost pulled off something that I, I've never seen before, and it almost happened tonight where he shot a three that almost was a wedgie on the other side of the rim. So he Ooh. shot it from the right side. It was technically right corner, but it was right right about the break. And he shot it long, and he almost wedged it on the other side of the rim, which would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. But alas, uh, that didn't happen. But still, he's been largely terrible shooting the ball. And one of five from three, four of 15, and one... 
just gigantic souls crushing block at the hands of Marcus Smart. Oh, that was an amazing moment. And uh, almost capped off on the other end by a Tito three. Uh, but then turned around and we, we have Kyrie Irving taking a charge, yeah. which is not a sentence I ever thought I would say. So that sequence was just like probably the most electric that the building got tonight was just the Marcus absolute domination, just murdering Lonzo Ball and then Kyrie Irving taking a charge. It was wonderful to see. It was like anytime you can see Marcus just like do an FU steal or an FU block, uh, it's great. And anytime the victim of that is Lonzo Ball, even better. Yes, absolutely. So, all right. Uh, I'm kind of done because this game was too ugly and I just don't want to talk about it anymore. There's just no real redeeming quality. Too many guys were hurt. Too many guys are out. There's not much to discuss. The Lakers are terrible. They have some, they have talent, but it needs a lot of work. So if it's okay with you, we can just go through some of these Rain and Jays hashtag. If you got a junk drawer, we could do that and let's move on out of here. I got a junk drawer bursting at the seams. I don't know what, what was what it was about tonight, but I got a full of junk. Before we get to the hashtag Rain and Jays, I just want to give a quick shout out to Shane Larkin for his six minutes. Now, he might show up as zero points, zero assists, zero blocks, zero rebounds, and all shots missed. But I thought he played an actually an important role um, at the start of the fourth quarter when it was kind of iffy if Kyrie was hurt. The Celtics didn't really know who to turn to. I just he, There was a weird three-guard lineup with him, uh, Rozier, Smart, and then a weird combination of either Tice um, and Semi or Tice and Morris. I just thought he had good effort and brought solid energy off the bench uh, in a time in a game where they just needed energy at that point. Him and Tice. There was a weird stretch in this game where like Tice picked up his fourth foul. And it's like, ooh, Tice better not get in foul trouble. They may, they, they may need him. So shouts to those guys. They may not have the best game, but I thought uh, just energy off the bench is always something you, uh, that's useful. So thought it was worth mentioning. I agree. Fair point. I, I concur. <laughs> NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, let's get to these uh, a couple of these hashtag Rain and Jays on the old Twitter machine. Ben Gates at Gates Ben, regular listener. Jason Tatum recognizing that his ankle wasn't right and asking to be taken out of the game as further proof of a level of maturity beyond his years. Yep, you can spin it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, so- that's an excellent spin zone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Or it could have just hurt too much for him to play on, but sure. You know, look, some guys, they play through that stuff. And his point is well taken. Some guys, they try to push things and they feel pressure or they feel whatever, and they they end up hurting themselves more. So, yeah, there's a little bit of maturity there on his part to say, I'm not right. Let's uh, let's fix this. On the TV broadcast, did they like show any replay of how he got hurt? Or no, there were, a lot of, out? there were a lot of uh, sleuths at home trying to figure out where he got hurt. They think the play where he stole it uh, – he missed the. He turned it over and then he stole it back and he dunked it. And then afterwards, he was kind of sort of limping. But I don't know if that's something that where it actually happened or if that aggravated something that happened. But I, I still don't know exactly where it was. Uh, let's see more more Bane's comments uh, at Guardian 0014. Jeff, I think Bane's needs to be on his boat tonight, guys. Well, here's. Well, the boat doesn't take off till Monday morning, yes, sir. Absolutely. So please yeah. check your schedule, but yes, we agree. It's. It, I think so. I think so. Unless we have like a a post game boat, like a little a little dinghy or something. The post game dinghy. The post game harbor master. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll expand the boat out. But for right now, yes, Baines has a, a shot at the boat, and uh, Andrew James at Kyra Ridiculous Eleven says. Baines need to be uh, needs to be on his wakeboard behind the boat doing flips over the ripples he just created in the <laughs> NBA. That is a high quality tweet, Andrew. Uh, let's see, uh, Courtney Carter. We mentioned him. Baines officially on the houseboat. Uh, let's uh, go to head Dr. J. Lonzo shall henceforth be deemed sideshow ball. He brings the sideshow wherever he goes, and he got the sideshow bob hair. Is everything okay behind you? Uh, there's just some loud clapping going on. Um, I'm not sure. It's going on down the court. I'll try to mute myself when I don't talk. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, didn't know if things were happening behind you. So, yeah. Okay. So, Lonzo Ball, uh, Sideshow Ball. How do you feel about That's a Quality Simpsons reference. It is. My brother tweeted at me at this game that he tweeted uh, a simple Google search uh, of Sideshow and Lonzo. Turned up many results, and it thus he figured out he didn't have an original idea. Um, I mean, I like it. I I, I think he's. I, I feel like I like Sideshow Bob too much. I feel like Lonzo is more of a Sideshow Mel at this point. <laughs> Fine, I'll take it. At Life of Cahill, Doris Burke asked Marcus Smart asked the Marcus Smart question to Kyrie, and he clearly gets how special Marcus is. You know, I didn't hear the post game interview. But uh, I'm sure Kyrie had a very existential answer. And I mostly want to send a shout-out to Doris Burke, who has said before that she listens to Locked On podcasts in the city in which she's broadcasting. So if Doris is listening to this, uh, this podcast here, shouts to you, Doris. You do an awesome job. We're big fans. I hope she listened to yesterday's show where Jay King was making a dookie joke like in the first 30 seconds. And yes. then she's – that would be ideal. I saw Doris in the hallway earlier and I was like starstruck. Um, it's always cool to see 
ESPN people. I, the first person I saw when I walked in today was Woj, and I was like, whoa, that's a that's an important person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did see a, a very small clip of Kyrie reacting to the Marcus Smart question. He said, Marcus Smart does the little things, but really in the grand scheme of things, do we even have little things? And it's like become his go-to quote that little things don't exist. And I feel like Brad may have like mentioned that once and now Kyrie has just taken it and it's like become his thing where like little things don't exist anymore and everything matters because he is the most woke man alive. All right, that, that'll do it. I know we had a ton of uh, Rain and Jay's questions, but I can't get to them all because we want to get to the junk drawer and move on. So go ahead. All right, walk into the walk into the TD Garden first. Just way too many Laker fans, way too many people in Kobe jerseys. It's just uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Um, then boom, I see Woj. That was bizarre. And then I walk into the media room and I see Jay King wearing a backwards, like a white hat that was just covered in dirt. And it was just like I told him <laughs> what. I told him I was going to mention on the podcast. It just like it made no sense. He looked like Jay King's not the snazziest of dressers, but he was just wearing <laughs> a dirty, like a dirty hat. And I immediately had to comment on it. Um, I hope I didn't embarrass him in front of his media friends. But Jay King, take off that dirty ass hat. Um, ESPN stole my podcast studio, thus for the uh, noises in the background. Normally, I do it in an empty, abandoned room, but apparently, that's where. Their green room is now. I don't see why the Celtics don't give me preference over ESPN. But moving on, BS. it's kind of it's kind of absurd how like just casual uh, and smooth Kyrie Irving is. There's just like I think I settled on absurd tonight for just the way to describe his game. There's so many moments in which he just he does things and you're just like your jaw drops and you're just like that was absurd. And but he does it without any effort and it I still haven't really wrapped my head around it. Um, there was a cool Paul Pierce tribute cause he was doing the, the pre and post game tonight. So Paul Pierce tribute, um, they showed him on the jumbotron. Also, they're showing that February 11th, they're going to be raising his number in the banners. That's going to be a cool game. Um, what, what is Andrew Bogut still doing in the NBA? I, and I saw makes, him and I was like, Oh, right. He played six minutes and he was just hobbling and apparently he was wearing shin guards and he was not getting booed nearly enough. And it was just a very confusing experience for me. I like looked down and was like, Andrew Bogut, I guess he's a guy. But I don't know. I was concerned for his just general being when I saw his six minutes. Yeah, I, I was just surprised. I just remember like, oh, right. Yeah, he's on the Lakers now. I, I completely forgotten about that. All right, we got um, Tito with the heave at the buzzer that actually worked. That's the like the quintessential Tito three sticks. So shouts to that. Um, I saw Eddie House, his Twitter account during the game talking about like the dumbass shit that Michael Felger said uh, earlier today, and I noticed that Eddie House, world champion Eddie House, only has two hundred and eighty-five Twitter followers. Now I didn't do any research. What? to follow up and see if that's actually Eddie House. But a number of people who I follow followed him. So I'm just going to assume it is. And I'm going to say right now, go out there and follow Eddie House. Yeah. World champion Eddie House. One of the best, better three-point shooters the Celtics had. He needs way more followers than that. I, that would be shocking to me if that was actually Eddie House. I'm, I'm trying to confirm this as you speak. Um, moving on to Aaron Baines, uh, managed to dunk and elbow KCP in the head at the same time and the ultimate move of badassery. Um, 
Celtics did a cool segment where they did a spelling bee and they tried to spell Gershon Yabusele. Any guesses on uh, who was the only Celtic able to spell Gershon? Uh, I would say, hmm, it would probably be Jalen. Yeah, it was obvious. It's like well, four guys failed, and then Jalen comes in and nails it on his first try. And then they tried to spell Yabu, and oh my God, Marcus Smart uh, butchered it. It was just like aggressively wrong. Started YU. His nickname is Yabu, Yabu Sele, and he started YU, and then just it got even worse from there. Uh, that was a great moment. Uh, and then this was probably the best moment of the entire night. Uh, they started playing a DMX song, and I was like, huh, that's not something they normally do at the TD Garden. It was like, I thought they were, we were, this break was reserved for White Snake or something, but bam, who's, who's sitting in the crowd but DMX himself? Yeah, that was shocking. It was very shocking. I was uh, always a pleasant surprise. I mean, I think I was the most excited I've been uh, the entire evening, even with the absurd Kyrie things. Um, and then finally, just during the Jumbotron, um, these are the things I watch for during the, during timeouts, a man just dumped an entire bucket of popcorn on his head for a goof. And that's commitment to a bit that I can appreciate. That's I, <laughs> okay. So for people who do, I work in television as well as doing this fine podcast and I've been doing TV for a long time. I've seen people do live shots. I've been out on live shots. I, I've been at games where the cameras on people there. I swear there is a walking dead type genetic defect that in everybody that once a camera is on you, people lose any sense of composure and they feel like they have to do something and they, Oh, there's a camera on me. I can't just sit here and be, or, or clap or what they do things that are, Beyond comprehension, they start to wave, they start to preen, they dump popcorn on their heads, and sure, go ahead, it's fun. Sure. It was, it was just, it's like, it's, you, you know he spent eight bucks on that popcorn, and yeah. just to lose it all for that bit, for something that's just like not going to gain him any friends, um, any notoriety, this is the probably the most that he's going to get from it, is us talking about it right now, and he, who knows if he's a listener, I, I, no I, would, I, would, I would assume he is, just because I assume most Celtics fans are right now, if they're smart, but it's just, uh, I mean, I just, commitment to a bit, commitment to a good goof is something I'm always going to be, uh, Crazy. be proud of. It always blows my mind. It always blows my mind. So I found the tweet. I found at Real Eddie House. It appears to be. I mean, anybody can make it up, but he uh, appear has followers that are seemingly like. They're... John Duke. John Duke seems to think that it's Eddie House, and yeah. if John Duke thinks it, I'm I'm for it. I'm with him. Christine Leahy follows him. Uh, uh, I mean, ESPN. Uh, okay, fo- it's Eddie House. So Confirmed. It, se- it seems like it's. Eddie House, yeah, the right people seem to follow him, and he does have 332 followers. So Ooh, it's gone up since it was 285 yeah. when I started. So if you all rating Jays fans, this is what you need to do: you need to follow Eddie House and then tweet at him and tell him why you started following him, and then maybe he'll be a guest on the podcast. This is just me putting putting two and two together right now. We'll we'll see. We can try get you know from. I don't know if he's still doing this, but he he had been podcasting so i think he does he does local suns coverage right yeah he 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 has so we'll see yeah maybe we can get him on so all right cool and yeah 
I think that's enough. I think I think once we get into the Eddie House uh, discussion, uh, it's time to wrap it up. Time to wrap it up. So we will do so with the Celtics having won their 10th game in a row, 107-96. Next game up Friday night, the Charlotte Hornets and then the Toronto Raptors over the weekend. So at some point, this streak has to end, but not tonight, not against the Lakers. 107.96 is the final. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the show. I mentioned this on my, my halftime periscope. We have returned to the top of the list of team-specific podcasts. So those of you who have rated and shared and given us the good reviews, it has paid off. We are the number one ranked team-specific podcast out there. So hey, that's no, cool. No locked on Lakers, although they're pretty good, but they're still the Lakers. So, eh. uh, no other pl- no other podcast that covers a single team on a regular basis is ranked higher than us. So, we want to thank everybody for that. Next up, we want to be the top rated sports podcast out there. So, subscribe, tell your friends, share it, let everybody know all your Celtics fans' friends that they should be listening to us. We are the Locked On Celtics podcast. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.